Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Radio. Welcome back to a Funk Tuesday here on the Morning Tailgate. Thank you for being with us. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker, and you here on this beautiful and perfect day as we broadcast live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll get to calls from the Realty One Group listener line in, a, in about 20 minutes. But first, we'll talk to Marcus Johnson from Silver and Black today, as well as SB Nation and hashtag Tape Don't Lie. A lot to uncover here in this third hour and unpack because we've had guests on talking about, you know, Derek Carr as well as Devontae Adams. But first, the, we started the show, Marcus, on Brett Favre's comments saying that he feels that, you know, he'd be shocked that if Devontae Adams matched his production that he had in Green Bay with Derek Carr and the Raiders. How did you feel about that? And, and how true is that? And is it really more based on, like, Aaron Rodgers can do everything and make somebody a good into a great receiver or... Is Devontae Adams already that great, and he's just going to a new team? Well, I think his production will drop because, I mean, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro over here. Um, there's no Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, he was only, so, yeah, he's going to get like 170 targets or whatever he got over there. Um, I mean, he was the main guy. I mean, I know there's Alan Zarr, maybe MVS, but, I mean, those guys weren't aren't Darren Waller, not Hunter Renfro. I mean, Darren Waller's a pro bowler. Hunter Renfro made the pro bowl. And you got Devontae Adams is, you know, all pro. So, I yeah, his production might go down like yards, maybe receptions, but I expect his touchdowns to be around the same area because I think that's where uh, Carr and him are really going to shine is in the red zone. And I think that's kind of why he's uh, even here in the first place is just how good he is in the red zone. And that's their biggest issue, um, mm-hmm. you know, with scoring touchdowns and scoring more points. Even when they averaged 27 points a game, they weren't good in the red zone. They could have scored even more points, you know. So, um, they, they that's their biggest issue. Um, and I expect Devontae Adams to have the same production touchdown-wise. But yards-wise, I mean, of course. I mean, Darren Waller's going to have some big games. You know, uh, Hunter Renfro's going to have some big games. And maybe, and maybe Adams has, like, three catches for 55 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, we get to complain about that. You know, so uh, his production might go down, like, yards-wise and receptions-wise. I agree with that. But I think it's more because of the players that are around him than Derek Carr. In my okay, I agree, uh, Marcus. Good job on your uh, tape. Don't lie, Raiders show. Uh, doing your 2019 uh, draft recap. Really enjoyed it. Um, uh, the breakdown on Josh Jacobs uh, and Trayvon Mullen. And I want to stick with Trayvon Mullen because you know we're talking about offense, 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 and it's all great. And that's where the eye goes uh, a lot of times. But for the Raiders to get where they want to get, that defense needs to also hold up its end of the bargain. And Trayvon Mullen, I think, plays big uh, in that quest. And right now we don't know uh, what the Raiders are going to get from Trayvon Mullen. We really haven't seen him consistently on a football field since 2020. Um, so there's some projection and I'm sure some finger crossing going on uh, with the Raiders that he's going to be able to quickly regain um, his, his form after suffering through an injury riddled year last year. But when you look at, at, at uh, Trayvon Mullen on the football field, when he is healthy, um, what have the Raiders gotten from Trayvon Mullen thus far in that realm? Uh, and what can they expect a fully healthy Trayvon Mullen going into year four uh, be able to do? Yeah, I think after three years, I mean, he's a, he's a solid uh, starting cornerback. Uh, starting cornerback. I mean, that's something that we know, we already know. He's not going to be a liability out there. I mean, will he get beat? Yeah, he'll get beat sometimes. 
Um, he might he might give us some touchdowns, but he's not a liability as a cornerback. So I mean, you feel good about that as him being a solid player. I mean, he's just not he's not a bad player where you know you throw him out there and he's getting beat everywhere and he's getting beat around by everybody. He's gonna be able to shut some people down. Some guys are going to give him some trouble. I mean, he's basically a, a, just a solid NFL quarterback. Sorry, sorry, I keep saying quarterbacks. Solid NFL cornerback. And if he can take a leap and become a, a even a good to a great one, that's going to be great for the Raiders' outlook for this season. Um, but I mean, what we know right now is that he is solid. He's not going to be a bad player. He's going to be a good. He's going to be a. I would say in the NFL, this is an average, is in between between average and good. And that's why I think Trayvon Muller is. He's in that like that solid player that's, you know, some games he might be below average, some games he might be good. And that's that's the type of player he is at this point. So if you could see him taking another leap in this in his uh, defense with Patrick Graham, that would be great. But even right now, you still know that you're gonna get a solid player every week and you're not gonna make too many mistakes. So I think that's that's why he's still here and I think that's why he's still be able to play and hopefully Patrick Graham can, can get more out of him and hopefully he can stay healthy. I wasn't going to go this route with my question with you this morning, but it was based off of that. I, I'm spiraling. My brain can't stay on track. So I've got <laughs> this for you. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, RPOs, play action, ways that the Raiders can use their offense to uh, disguise things against defenses, throw them off and confuse them. What do you think right now is their best weapon, their best point of attack to start confusing some of the opposing defenses when you think about the Raiders offense? I think one thing Derek Carr did really well last year was play action passing. So if they can get into the play action passes, I mean that was something I wanted to do a whole lot more last year. He's probably one of the best play action passes in football. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, uh, but he, he was his rating was really really high. They just didn't do it a lot, so he's one of the the lowest ones. But he had the best rating, and every time they did it, they had huge plays. I mean, you could think of some of their biggest plays are all off play action. So it is it, something they really need to implement because I think he got way better there. It's something that he wasn't too good at before, but I think he got better at holding the ball out, making that fake a lot better. You know, um, a lot of times he wasn't holding the ball out that long, so he wasn't selling the fake. He did a lot better at that last year. So I, that was a good thing that we saw Carr get better at, and hopefully he can continue to get better at that because I think some games are going to be run heavy, some games are going to be pass heavy. But, you know, just to have the threat of Josh Jacobs, you, know, you can have that, that play-action game going, and they have a, a game where they give him the ball 30 times, and the next game they come out running play-action, it's going to be, catch teams off guard. So I think that's something they need to implement because their car was so good at it last year, too. It's Marcus Johnson, SB Nation, silverandblackpride.com, and his own show, Tape Don't Lie, on YouTube and everywhere you get podcasts at the Mark John NFL on Twitter. Then staying with Josh Jacobs, what is his role going to be now? Because uh, what will be a fluctuation in both his carries and receptions? Because last year he caught uh, a career high of balls. And how will that like translate now into like a matchup game where you know each and every week it could be different production, uh, something not very consistent? Yeah, I'm not expecting him to catch too many passes. I was expecting him to play a Damian Harris role. I mean, Damian Harris didn't really catch the ball. Um, I mean, that's where, where Bolden, uh, Stevenson, those guys were running the routes. It wasn't It wasn't Harris. Harris would come in there and he'd run the football. And that's kind of what I expect for Josh Jacobs. Okay. But Josh Jacobs, he, he kind of got more of a chance with Greg Olson to be a third down back. And, I mean, it, 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 it was hit and miss. I mean, when Jalen Richard came back, they were way better on third down. So, that kind of tells you a little bit about how he is on third down. And, I, you know, Zemir White's a really good blocker. I expect him to be, like, the blocking uh, guy for now. And then, um, you know, they work in Kenyon Drake and maybe Bolden, or if they bring in somebody else or an undrafted free agent they like, I don't know, to, to, uh, to do some more pass catching. But I don't. I expect Jacobs to run the football. I think he's going to be in that Damian Harris role. He's going to get the ball, and he's going to run. 
And I think that's where he's best at. And, you know, make sure he's a great pure runner. You know, that's why I showed my tape on my show how great of a pure runner he is. And I, I think that that's one thing he's really great at. But him being a full third down back is kind of what pushes him away from the upper echelons of running backs. But, hey, if he's a two down back and he does really well in the role for the Raiders, I mean, that's all you want. Uh, Marcus, along those lines, um, you know, uh, I'm with you. I think that uh, Josh Jacobs' forte is running the ball. Um, but as we saw last year, because of some, um, you know, uh, average to below average play by the offensive line, it was it was it was difficult to get him sprung on a consistent basis. When you look at film of what the Patriots did um, running the ball and the ways that they did, um, you know, uh, put together run games. Um, with Josh McDaniels and, and the staff that he's bringing over uh, here to the Raiders. Obviously, personnel dictates this a little bit, so there will be some differences. But from a base, fundamental, philosophical um, basis, what can Raider fans expect from uh, a Josh McDaniels, Carmen Brasillo, uh, you know, uh, led running game? I would say a whole lot more of a power run game, more gap runs. So gap runs are, for fans, is like counters. Um, you know, pure power runs with a fullback. Not not a lot of uh, reading for a running back. He has a defined hole, and he has to be patient and let it open up and hit it. And I think that's going to be what we'll see a lot more often. And I thought Josh Jacobs did a lot better at that last year at the end of the year because his big problem was trusting that line. I think mid-year, he did not trust it. He was just bouncing everywhere. And he was fumbling the Chiefs game. Like He had no reason to bounce that. But he didn't trust the line, so he was just bouncing everywhere. Yep. So he has to get that line trust back, and I think to start the year we'll see that. Um, but he did a lot better in power. I mean, that was something that he did not do well his first two, uh, first two years as a running back, and he did a lot better this year with uh, last year with patience there. So hopefully he can get some more out of that, and you know, because that's that's Erhard Perkins. Erhard Perkins is not his own, you know, running game. They power. They're going to run a lot of power. I mean, um, a lot of counters, a lot of tosses, a lot of crack tosses. So to see more of that than the usual zone stuff we saw from Tom Cable. And if Josh Jacobs can run those and run it effectively, he's going to keep getting the ball. But, you know, Zemir White ran that in college, so that's kind of the thing, too. So mm-hmm. if Jacobs can't do it, then White will. Interesting. I got uh, my last one for you here. When you look at these three names in the wide receiver department, which of the three do you think is going to be more productive for the team, whether that's in terms of helping convert their downs or whether that's going to be uh, somebody that can get wide open and take the tops off some defenses? Will it be Demarcus Robinson, Matt Collins, or Keelan Cole? I'm going to go Keelan Cole. One where I'm going to go Keelan Cole, so Keelan Cole can get open and he doesn't drop the football. That's going to be the big thing. He he can still get open. He uh, had one drop last year. Um, He didn't get a lot of targets over there uh, with New York Jets, but I think his route running and his ability to just be secure secure with the football, and that's what Derek Carr likes. Derek Carr likes somebody that can trust and somebody that can get open. But, you know, I think Matt Collins has a little bit of a step on him because the special teams element of Matt Collins, he's a great gunner. And <laughs> so he's, he's going to have a chance to make this team. And since he already has that element to make the team that way, that's where, you know, Keenan Cole, they're going to have to separate as wide receivers because Matt Collins, he's going to get every chance to do it because he's going to be the gunner. And then, you know, he has some, some big playability in him. So, I mean, he might get the chance um, to, to take that role first. But I still think Keenan Cole, Keenan Cole is going to have a, a good role because I, I just, just like I said, I feel like he, he can get open and he catches the football well, he doesn't drop the football a lot, and he's dependable, and he's, he's solid. You're not, not going to get, um, he's not a terrible player. So 
I, I think he'll have a chance, and I think Demarcus Robinson might be the odd man out because I still can't figure out why he never got the ball in a passing offense. So. Yeah, it's weird. Like, was it all just misdirection that, that DeMarcus was up to? I mean, he, he seemed to fit that offense very well, but his role seemed to be, you know, just, just, just a real decrease of production. It makes you wonder, like, all right, how will that all fan out? And I love what you said about Keelan Cole because all that started to mix into the fact that everyone started to look the other way past Brian Edwards, and they're like, we don't need Brian Edwards uh, on this team anymore because he's just not going to fit even with these other pieces that they had additional in the offseason. One last thing, Marcus, uh, something from Tape Don't Lie. I really liked uh, the breakdown of Max Crosby going up against an elite uh, tackle like Lane Johnson. What did you uncover there? Because uh, I wonder how Max will deal with it this year now because you have Chandler on the opposite side. But, well, you're going to see a lot of teams that have excellent tackles that he's going to be going against. How did that process go down that game against Philly last year? I thought he had a really good plan for Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. I thought he was able to set him up early early on the game and then get him late in the game with his spin moves. And that's, I think yeah. Max excellent spin move and he likes to set it up. And that's one thing that he's he's learning. Like, you know, Dwight Freeney has probably the greatest spin move in football history. He was beating guys in the thirty six with that spin move. But he used to set it up so well. So like at the beginning of the game he's speed rushing you, he's speed rushing you, he's speed rushing you. And then the third quarter you know, you overset a little too much in the speed rush, he spins back. And get sacked, and I think that's something Mac Crosby does really well. But Lane Johnson is just an athletic freak, and they're still handling him pretty well. And but just for see Max winning against somebody like Lane Johnson, that was a it, it was great for me to watch because I I'm super excited for his next year. I mean, he's still hungry. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I know it, and I, I think that uh, this is probably his ultimate test because now there's a little bit more footage on the stuff that Max can do, and how will he be able to progress past that? It's fascinating, man. Follow Marcus on Twitter at the Mark John NFL as well as Tape Don't Lie on YouTube. Marcus, thank you again for your time. Let's do it again next Tuesday. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on every time. All right, thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Oh, interesting thoughts there. First of all, uh, when you when you talked about. Trayvon Mullen not being a you know not a liability you know for this off defense. Do you think he's getting like uh, he needs to be in camp? Like how important is it for him to like see this process now and to be on the field? Uh, because uh, you know I don't want to see somebody getting left behind because they may not understand fully what the responsibilities what Patrick Graham wants out of his corners right now. Um, I. You know, I, I think it's all predicated on where he is physically. Uh, you don't want to rush it because you want him for the full season. I think that Trevor Mullen going into his fourth year, um, he's a smart kid. Uh, he's been in the classroom. He's been doing the walkthroughs, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be okay in that regard. Um, what, what I liked what Marcus said, and sometimes this gets overlooked, he's a solid cornerback, NFL cornerback. You know, and people, if you're not a star player, it almost seems like people assume that you're a bad player. That's not the case. Uh, there are plenty of good, solid players that you can win football games with or be a part of uh, a, a good overall unit. You can't have superstar players at every single position, and I think that it gets overlooked that Trayvon Mullen is a pretty darn good uh, uh, NFL quarterback that can man his position at an adequate level. Right, and as I've been saying, I think, yeah, definitely with Rocky Yassin, there's going to be complementary play there between those two, but my concern is when – or if somebody gets hurt, that's where um, I want to see the depth and how they play in training camp to those positions who will be there to step up and how will they handle it. 
And was it Pro Football Focus had Anthony Averett? Yeah. The t- you know, mm-hmm. that, that's I think he's in top 10 press corner, yeah. If everything works out perfectly for the Raiders uh, health-wise um, and whatever projections they might be having of, of who the starting quarterbacks are going to be, Anthony Averett, a guy that's listed or ranked one of the top 10 uh, press cornerbacks in the NFL – is your is a guy that's coming off the bench is a reserve player depth piece that type of thing that's not a bad thing and it's been a long time since we could really honestly say that about the Raiders. Yeah, I think too. Like when we talk about the defensive side of the football, I think they've done a lot. Um, and, and I'm still a little concerned about the linebacker group, but I think they've done a lot to improve yeah. the linebacker group. They've brought in guys that can defend and pass coverage more so than just run coverage. So like that's where I feel like. Perryman's strength was was that in the tackles. So now you bring in guys that can round that out, and that should help as well. Having a bit of more of a, a depth in that core than they had last year. I agree. If uh, you have those press corners, sorry to cut you off, but if you're doing a lot of press corners, uh, those linebackers do become a little vulnerable if you don't have the right mix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. And let's also uh, keep in mind that they're going to have. Uh, at least one, maybe sometimes two other cornerbacks on the field uh, in in some of those situations as well when you get into, you know, uh, passing downs and that type of thing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of matches up. But another thing that Marcus was talking about was Keelan Cole, going back to Keelan Cole. Uh, Then Mark, you know, mentioning to Marcus Robinson and and Matt Collins, I I just have a feeling, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I just have a feeling uh, that there's all types of different ways that Josh McDaniels is figuring out how to use and utilize all three of those guys. Um, and it might not be one particular guy all the time. I think a lot of it is going to be predicated on situations. So we'll see Keelan Cole, um, you know, especially when they want to stretch the field a little bit. He's probably going to be that guy. Demarcus Robinson will fit someplace else in other areas of the field. And certainly Mac Hollins in the red zone, I think, is where he's going to uh, be somebody that, that the Raiders lean on. But you, I, I really like what they did on the back end of the of the wide receiver position because they, they came up with a bunch of different guys that do a bunch of different things that Josh McDaniels is going to be able to play situationally. Let's get to what your thoughts are at 702-365-9200. It's the Realty One Group listener line. You've heard us talk about Brett Favre's comments about Devontae Adams. And then we hear Colin talking about Derek Carr being a top five quarterback. And then Marcus even further. Let's get your thoughts at 702-365-9200. We have open lines. Let's line them up here on Raider Nation Radio. But we'll see if it was Aaron who was making Devontae better because it seems like Aaron makes every wide receiver better that that catches the ball. Yeah, no, no disrespect to Devontae at all, zero disrespect. But you're right. Um, I, I do think that Devontae will will make uh, Derek Carr better, and in time they will be a dynamic duo. Now, will it be the duo that that Aaron and Devontae had? Time will tell. I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback, but he's not an Aaron. Uh, Brett Favre came out this weekend and says, oh, Devontae Adams, it's going to be rough for Devontae Adams. He's not going to get a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And I heard that quote and I thought, well, the exact opposite is true. Devontae Adams goes to Derek Carr, who since he entered the league, or at least the last seven years, he leads the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks. Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback. He carried a dysfunctional sideshow last year to the playoffs. In the AFC, the better conference, he can win. He's elevated no-name players. He's elevated rookies. Derek Carr is absolutely a top-ten quarterback in this league. 
is hip on a Funk Tuesday. Join us here at 702-365-9200. Heidi, Vinny, Clay, and you on the Realty One Group listener line, 702-365-9200. You heard Favre, you heard Colin Cowherd. Now let's hear from you. You're on the morning tailgate. Let's get out there to the phones. Just a few more minutes. You are free to call in at 702-365-9200. Out to the windswept mountain chalet of the Colorado Rockies, it's Papa Meach. Good morning, Papa. <laughs> good morning. Hey, good morning, everyone. You know, in the, in the sh- uh, chalet out here, it's summer. And so, uh, <laughs> honest to God, we have bears roaming around our backyard once in a while. So, uh, <laughs> Is this the Sopranos? Yeah, really. Yeah. What kind of bears? Uh, they're black bears. Okay. But they're friendly. They're, they're really friendly. I'll send you guys some pictures. You, I, I, you probably don't believe me, but it's really true. Hey, I don't want to be demeaning to you three. Um, but, uh, but go ahead. We like the punishment. Yes, no disrespect. But <laughs> of all the sports trios and any sports morning or afternoon, evening, whatever uh, teams in all of the land, you guys are the best. Wow. Now that's my version Thanks. of play action, baby. Uh-huh. You thought I was going one way, but I was really going the other. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, you drew the eyes of the linebacker. Very nicely done. Thank you. Hey, real quick, I'll, I'll give you my take on this whole Brett Favre thing. You know, I had respect. I always liked uh, watching him play. But he played for 20 seasons, and he was in the Super Bowl twice. And he had 500 in the Super Bowl, won one, lost one. And now let's look at uh, Aaron Rodgers. Can't believe this. This guy's been in the, in the league. I, I would think, oh, maybe 10, 11, 12. He's been in the league 18 years. Yep. He's been in the Super Bowl once, and he's one to know. So let's just get a T-shirt out there that says, who cares? I don't really care about what Marv says. I have respect for him, but I don't care what he says about all this stuff. You know, give Derek. Let's, let's view Derek in his 18th or 20th season and then see, you know, how things are going. And it doesn't really matter because all the teams are different. I mean, yeah, maybe Adams won't have as many catches, but, but Derek's got a lot more weapons, and maybe Josh will call different things. So it's. It's an irrelevant comment. I could care less. And uh, that's my take, guys. Oh, beautifully said. Thank you, Papa. Have a great day. It's all Thank about, you, guys. Thank you very much. It's all about wins and losses. No question about it. And uh, our good friend Mo Moten um, tweeted out uh, in response to uh, a PFF fantasy uh, tweet with um, it's kind of a shadowy fig, uh, picture of Derek Carr. And uh, Mo's uh, response was he's about to have the best statistical season of his career. Uh, and I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. And I think that's going to translate um, to a very successful season for the Raiders. I'm not buying nine wins, 10 wins. I think this is an 11 to 12 win uh, team. Woo! True. Wow. Yep. Wow, yeah, I'm still going to keep it moderate. I still I'm keeping it moderate. I'm keeping it around 10 because I think the division is crazy. Plus, you have a lot of uh the playoff caliber competition that they'll be facing in the NFC West this year. Um and so those teams for me are going to be big hurdles for them to get over and and quickly. They're going to have to be able to you know, move from a, a team as well with New Orleans, and I know that's off NFC West. I know it's NFC South, but they had a good defense, and can they do that again? There's going to oh, yeah. be those challenges for them. So I, I think it'll be uh, a, a push for them to get to 12. I do. I think, like, for my mindset right now, I'm keeping it at 10, which it could 
or could not. I mean, depending on what happens with the other competition in their division, could or could not put them in a playoff spot. You know, what's interesting for me is because I, when I look at that schedule, the first thing I look at is who's their quarterback that they're playing. I don't know who the Seattle Seahawks quarterback's going to be. I'm not a believer in um, Drew Lock. You're not big on Drew Lock. I'm not a big. I'm not big on <laughs> Drew Lock or anyone else that they have on the current uh, roster right old now. Pete thinks he's a, a I don't once know. in a lifetime quarterback. I don't know what the 49ers are getting with Trey Lance if that's the direction that they right. go in. Right. I don't right. know. I'm not right a big um, uh, the, the New Orleans but their defense Saints. Is- that's fine, no, no doubt about it. Um, but I'm, you know, I, the first thing I'm always looking at is who's the quarterback, and I don't necessarily know the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who's the Steeler? Mitchell Trubisky? Are you a Mitchell Trubisky guy or Kenny Pickett guy? I don't know what they're getting in Petty Kenny Kenny Pickett. I like what the New England Patriots did with Mac Jones, but I think that the Raiders can beat a Mac Jones quarterback uh, team, especially here at home. So when I'm looking outside of the division, while the games historically against the opponents that they're playing are daunting. When you when you factor in where those teams are with their quarterbacks, I think the Raiders have a pretty good edge against a lot of those teams. I want to see this happen, though, in the, in the playoffs, too, because one thing about Aaron Rodgers, he's had two home games in the playoffs that he that have been set up for him like on a tee to go and knock out of the park <laughs> against the Bucks and the 49ers, and it has not happened. In fact, each and every time, there's a bunch of finger-pointing going around about the offense at the end of the season, and it's been the defenses on both those teams, the Bucks and the Niners, that kicked their ass. Yeah, and that's been, I think, also the difference in how um, Tom Brady has been able to have his success is that he's had a lot of really good defenses on his side as well. Yes. You think about anybody, you know, throughout the years, he's had really solid defenses. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's 11-10 and 10 in the postseason, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of those are been against divisional opponents and moving on. So when Papa brings up the fact that he's won one Super Bowl in all that time, it's pretty daunting to think that, right? Um, but he does have that win, and he does have playoff wins, which is something Carr is still in, in hopes of achieving as we go down the stretch here. So. Yeah, um, and you look at Tom Brady, you mentioned the, the defense. Sometimes he hasn't necessarily had that great defense. He's walked off the field twice. In closing minutes, taking his team to the lead in the Super Bowl only for his defense to cough it up twice, I think. Both times, I think, against the New York Giants, actually. So... Um, and it, 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 I think it, of the pictures with the rings, and I'm sorry, it has one with, and there's like one finger empty says Eli Manning. Yeah. There's another finger empty says Eli Manning. I had a I had a friend that was out at dinner uh, in L. A. one one time, and uh, Tom Brady was sitting at uh, the, the table over to him, and my friend is a huge Giants fan, yeah. and he brought that up with uh, with Tom, God. and Tom's like, I can't say anything, <laughs> although he, you know, I did leave the I I left the field. Putting my team, uh, you know, uh, w- w- leading my mm-hmm. offense <laughs> was, was winning the game. And, you know, he didn't come out and say that, but it's uh, true, so and, it, and it just shows you. Like when we talk about all these quarterback statistics, winning, and he's only won this many, or hasn't. A lot. Of, sometimes when you peel it all back and look at it, you're like, well, it wasn't necessarily his fault <laughs> that they lost, you know. And Derek Carr, I feel, is has been in that same kind of category. It's, I definitely feel that way too. Yeah, he's been his, his leads have been beset by very poor defenses, uh, either just lack of scheme or lack of talent, whatever it was. Though uh, you can't have that many fourth quarter comebacks and have a bristling offense or a defense because you've been beset by you know being down in games, and you know you may score thirty, but if you're giving up forty, there's a big problem. Yes. Let's get one more call uh, before we take a break. And, uh, and some really good texts have been coming in on the Sam and Ash text line. Out to Fort Myers, Florida with Raider Mike. Good morning to you, sir. I trust that you're feeling well after the holiday. 
Oh, I'm feeling fantastic, man. Oh, great. It's Al Davis' birthday. Beautiful. Same as our country. They were born on two of the greatest things that ever happened were born on this day, July 4th, yesterday. So, yeah, it's all good. George Much Ste- respect to the Godfather. George Steinbrenner was born on the 4th of July, too. I always found that unique, that, that he and Al Davis, who I thought both were pioneers in their game, were born on the same day. You got to love that, Benny. You got to love it. Anyway, Green Bay had two of the greatest quarterbacks in history over a 30-year stretch, and they got two rings to show for it. I have nothing to say about Barr's comments. Now, Cowherd, man, I, I grew up listening to him. Me and Michael Thompson were competing with him <laughs> back in the 90s. Uh, he hates the Raiders. Always has. And him to come out and say what he's saying nowadays, that's, see, one thing about Colin, he hates to be wrong. We're coming. Yeah, Devontae's catches are going to go down because we have the best slot. We got the slot machine. We got a top two tight end in the league. Yeah, Devontae's going to go down. This is about a team. We're about to destroy this league. Our defense is going to have to step up on the high side. Trayvon, Mr. Mullen, you need to come back hard. I'm smelling rings. And then next year, another one when it's in our dome. So at the Death Star. If you guys are not feeling this, Raider Nation, I don't know where you're at, man. This is going to be good. September cannot come too soon. Anyway, love you guys. That was falsetto for you. Look at that. Wow. Whoa, Mike. That was crazy, man. Blowing the alligators out of the water out there. Ah, that, that was falsetto. That was uh, <laughs> you. You're, you go through every octave and uh, every phone call. It's very unusual, Mike. Thank you for doing that, man. Excellent thought there. And uh, here's here's some uh, some thoughts from the Salmon Ash text line six nine one eight seven. Uh, Cheesesteak Jim here from Philly says Josh McDee will make Carr a much better quarterback. He'll have over five thousand yards and twelve wins. Let's go. I like it. Thank you, Cheesesteak Jim. Uh, Robin Oakland uh, takes in. I bristle when people slight Derek and did so when I heard Favre's comments. Rodgers would sometimes target Devontae five to six times a drive as the only form of offense they ever had, which builds big numbers. I don't think we'll be doing that as frequently, so the numbers may suffer, but I am sick of not having the best quarterback-wide receiver duo. I am sick of losing. Getting Devontae is designed to help us win. The numbers will work themselves out. Robin Oakland, very well thought of. Yeah, that's beautiful. That that's true. You know, there there would be times where uh, Devontae would get five or six possessions in a single drive, and I I just don't think that McDaniel's is going to to he's going to spice it up. They don't need to. And what did Fitz tell us? The Raiders' offense will cut you like a thousand cuts. Yeah, you know they they have so many different weapons. They're going to be matchup based. This is the thing about Josh McDaniels, uh, Heidi, uh, um, and, and and Clay. If he had to just um, if if he felt like I don't have anywhere else to go with the ball in these key situations, then Devonte Adams, then you would see that happen. And a coach is trying to win football games. Matt Lafleur, 
um, is a hell of a football coach. He knows that Devontae Adams was the best option for him, like almost every single time, especially in important situations over Alan Lazard and the guys that they had over there. Uh, if that was the case, the with great the Ra- Marquez Valdez Scantling, who's yes. gone on to Kansas City. Right. Oh, sorry. Right. Let me take off my hat when you there. say his name. Yeah. Um, so, so you have to do what you, what you, what did Jason Fitz say? What are your chess pieces left on the board, or to start? And, and then how do you figure out ways to use those chess pieces to go win football games? If that was the case, and Devontae was the only was a was a lone ranger here with the Raiders, then he'd be getting a whole bunch of targets. They don't have to because they've got talent across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah, I under hundred sixty three. You said. From last year? Something like it was yeah. over 160. <laughs> That's a lot of targets. Yeah, I'm going to drop that off by about 60. Uh, 60. Yeah. And 103 to 10. Yeah, 110. I, I'm, uh, it should Just be. Just because of the targets. Yeah. yeah. And because you're going to have guys like Brandon Bolden, Kenyon Drake, that are going to take some of the, the targets as well in the running game, you're going to, I think, see more of that. <clears throat> Whereas in the past, it was a lot of Josh Jacobs rushing, 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 occasionally catching the football. I think we're going to see a lot more mixed up a la, you know, Jalen Richard kind of had that role. But I, I think you're going to see more of it with Kenyon Drake and with um, – and Brian Bolden and and the other guys that they brought in, like Zamir White, are going to mix up things as a two-headed, perhaps, monster down the stretch. Travis Kelsey, the last four years, 150, 136, 145, 134 on targets. Yeah. Insanity. And that's with Tyreek Hill. That's right. with um, – who complained about his targets <laughs> and receptions. <laughs> you know, that's with uh, a guy like um, DeMarcus well, let's Robinson. See what Tyreek... That's with other guys that they have that they target that have been in the, the system for a few years with Mahomes. So now you bring in another Clyde Edwards-Hollier who was injured – for the better, you know, part of the past year, and then you go in and think about where he's going to contribute and how much that may shift things, especially with Tyreek gone. Tyreek was one fifty nine on targets. Yeah, how could he complain <laughs> about the targets when he had one fifty nine over Kelsey's one thirty four? But uh, some guess, people just we, don't know how good they have it till Tua throws you. Are we not thinking this <laughs> correctly though? I mean, if if a great team like that has two guys that are uh, above one thirty five. I, are we are we are we are we um, underestimating how many how many targets a guy like Devonte might get? It's possible, yeah. I, maybe I mean, one thirty. Maybe one thirty. That yeah, I could see that where you bring those numbers in with Mahomes. That makes that makes more sense because you do have the weapons around them, right? And they do have the running game. But last year, no. Um, so you know, maybe I would want to get an average from three years, which I haven't done yet on my fantasy homework either. So but maybe we'll one thirty. She ran out of the lead in her pencil. <laughs> one thirty, one twenty, <laughs> and maybe one ten-ish for Hunter. Uh, yeah, I was thinking like yeah. one ten. Yeah, for and the one twenty being Darren Waller, Waller being. I was thinking Waller more in the 90 range, just if you're going to go 110 on Hunter and 130 on Adams, let's say. Right. I know. It's interesting. It's interesting. And we're not even thinking about the running game. We're not even thinking about what they could do with the power runs that they've designed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. I like what Marcus had to say about those gaps, too. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. using the tosses and the crack tosses, Mm -hmm. the zone runs, Mm -hmm. there's going to be different kinds of gaps that we're not used to, and neither is Josh. Jacobs. McCall Hartman uh, had 83 targets. That's where I was going to. McCall yeah. Hartman. Thank you for saying his name. You got it. Um, Demarcus <laughs> Robinson had 41. Yeah. Byron Pringle had 60. And then uh, Daryl Williams had 57. So there's ways to divvy it up. There's ways to divvy and it up. And Williams is the running back. Right. So, I mean, you think about that. Like, can you imagine if you throw 
or target 57 times to Kenyon Drake or, you know, mixing that up somewhat among the distribution mm-hmm. of the running backs and giving them at least, let's say, 75 targets like right. by, by, you know, division, that could be insane. Now, I think um, somebody like uh, the, the Chiefs, Andy Reid is probably more of a pass guy than than Josh, than Josh McDaniels probably is. Um, so that might be skewed a little bit. But there's there's going to be a lot of targets for these Raider players. Yeah, more than they may have realized because there's going to be, uh, I can see longer possessions, more effective drives where there's going to be a lot of people in the mix. And I think that's why already people are seeing it right now in the mini camps and they're telling you that they love that their fit in the offense is unpredictable, but there is a fit. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap this up here on Raider Nation Radio. It's Vinny, Heidi, and Clay on your Funk Tuesday. Thanks for being with us here on this beautiful and perfect Tuesday. It's Heidi, Vinny, and Clay wrapping it up here in the third hour. Rich Eisen will join us in just a few minutes at the top of the next hour. Real quick, we got tickets to give away for a four-ticket party pack to see Sal Velcano from Impractical Jokers in the Misery Index. He's got uh, four tickets available for you from the Virgin Hotel, Friday, July 15th. Get your tickets, AXS.com. We will give those away in about five minutes at 702-365-9200 for caller number nine. Real quick, I want to throw this last text down here from the Salmon Ash text line, 69187. This is uh, from uh, 314 Raider D. Uh, why is the league, PFF, and the betting odds, all knowing all the talent and possibilities the Raiders have, why do they still have them winning maybe eight games only? All right, uh, who wants to take that one first? Um, I can jump on around as I'm looking right now at the betting odds yeah, numbers right, on my sportsbook, right? So the Raiders overall in every single week that I've scanned through here are only favored in six games of the season. Now, if you're obviously anyone listening here is a Raider fan, Go bet the plus money. Who cares how many games that they're <laughs> right. like? Go bet the plus money. If week one plus one ninety. Take the money line if you think the Raiders are going to beat the Chargers. Do it now before the line shifts and money comes in and whales stop dropping ten thousand on that bet to make another exactly. you know double their money and to make twenty and then the odds start closing up on you and you end up with plus hundred maybe if you're lucky. Take the money now. It's free money if you're a fan and you think that they're going to hit 12 wins and they're only favored in six games. Look for everyone that they're an underdog in that you think they're going to cash. Go put the bet down. Truth. Heidi. I like it. Um, Make <laughs> you know, yourself right some money. Yeah. It's money. That's what I'm talking about. It is. I think when we're talking about you know Las Vegas and, and the betting odds and everything like that, there's a formula and they're trying to win money and they're trying to protect uh, their interests as well. So, uh, But... I look at the Raiders' uh, schedule. I look at who is or isn't the quarterbacks on a lot of the teams that they play this year. Uh, historically, tough places to go play: New Orleans, San, uh, or, or Seattle, places like that, Pittsburgh. But I'm not sure who their quarterbacks are. So, if I were a betting person, which I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm going over on the Raiders, and I think that they uh, are fully capable of winning 11 to 12 games this year, if not more. Well, I tell you what, and if you look at the uh, the betting odds, and sometimes uh, they'll put out other prognostications from league odds, and everyone has a little uh, analysis, they pretty much copy themselves like cats in a chorus. Don't ever take what betting odds as a true indication of success, especially in the NFL. Because I'll leave you with this: Don't forget, in 2018, the Raiders were also uh, eight wins preseason total for eight wins. They won four wins that year. That John Gruden first year, everyone thought that they were going to win a lot. They did very very little thanks again for everybody who came on the show we'd like to uh, end you with a little tribute to al davis who uh whose birthday would have been yesterday 
at the age of 93. All that and more on our podcast page at iTunes, Audible, and Amazon, and of course at LVSportsNetwork.com. For Heidi Fang, for Vinny Bonsignor, I'm Clay Baker. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Rich Eisen, top of the hour. Hey, guys, it's your boy, Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.